You're listening to the Great Day in Sales Podcast, brought to you by Alicia. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have the lovely Katie Ward with us. We've been talking quite a bit before uh, kicking things off here, and we've got a lot to talk about. And Katie, just thanks for being with us. We appreciate you taking your time. Thanks for having me. This I love what you're doing with the show. This is a just such a huge passion of mine, just really understanding how to how to win the day and, and put in the reps. So happy to be here. Great. Well, we were happy to talk to you and you, you have this fantastic background and we wanted to get into your role as well, kind of building up the next generation of women leaders in the sales space and other um, career paths as well. But just walk us through a little bit what you've been, the different places you've been in your career and how you've you've gotten to where you are now. Sure. Um, I'm going to age myself right out of the gate. So I have been in tech sales my pretty much my whole career. I started out 26 years ago in a contact center as a call center agent. Um, it ended up being a sales position. I was not aware of that. I entered a, an ad in the paper. So that's how long ago this was. And it was a customer service job for AT&T. Halfway through training, they said, actually, it's a sales job. And at that point, I was, you know, two weeks in, had tasted the paycheck and, and went ahead and stayed. So I was selling long distance, um, selling local, doing inbound and outbound calls. And then within the contact center, I moved up to be a sales team leader and then moved into the training department eventually. Um, this was so long, so long ago that my, I left because AT&T was um, acquired by SBC, maintained the AT&T logo. And then from there, I went into um, the wonderful world of copier sales. So very glamorous. I was selling copiers door to door. Um, really a great way to kind of earn your stripes and thicken up your skin and, and learn really how to sell outside of an environment where you're just being fed calls and you, you can't really run away from them. So I did the copier sales um, for about a year. And then moved into um, a, a VAR. So I was selling end-to-end technology stack, both hardware and software, um, transitioned into SaaS as that became more, more relevant. Um, but I spent about, I'd say, six, six years there. Um, and it was really cool because I was able to use my experience with Contact Center and start selling into Contact Centers and really understanding the pain points. Uh, so that was really cool. I was I left the the VAR to work for one of the manufacturers that we sold. And that was my first job working with manufacturers. And that really is really the space that I stayed at. So I was selling software again into contact centers, but focused on like workforce optimization, call recording, speech analytics. Um, spent 10 years there. So that was a company that was a startup and then eventually became Nice. So the startup was acquired by InContact, and InContact was acquired by Nice. So I had a lot of different various logo shirts, but um, that was over the course of ten years. And then, yeah, from there I went to into UCAS Sales, so Unified Communications as a Service with Ring Central. Um, spent about a year there before moving over to Qualtrics, which is another software company focused around experience management. I mean, all of those roles, I've been an account executive um, focused on enterprise sales, spent mm -hmm. a little bit of time in the, cha the channel role 
uh, selling into our channel partners. Uh, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. That's fantastic. We know Qualtrics well, kind of in our backyard here in Utah. And then we have a, a great um, location for NICE and contact as well. So we, we have lots right. of friendlies in those, in those organizations. Well, great. I mean, clearly you've been, I mean, 26 years and how fantastic mentioning uh, you know, they, there's an ad in the newspaper for that first role and it was a sales role. We've heard, we've heard that on other podcasts as well, that most salespeople don't really know, you know, that they're a salesperson until they're in it basically, you know, right. right. So you, that, that was a literal experience that, that you had. So love, love to hear about it. Um, yeah. before, before we get into the, um, you know, your leadership roles with a, a, a great group of women, um, that you're helping build up you, you know, when we've been talking, you've, you really emphasized the importance of your physical health and how it contributes to, um, your work life as well. Just being able to compete there. I mean, sales is such a competitive role, performance-based. And so you need to, you know, um, a lot of what we had talked about was how, you know, fine-tuned your body needs to be as well as the, you know, your ability to, to compete in the, in a work environment. Why don't you unpackage that a little bit? Um, why that's, why that's benefited you so much in your career? I'd be interested to see what you have to say around that. Yeah. Sales is, we all know is it's high highs and it's low lows, right? So the highs are what everybody focuses on. It's the highlight reel. It's everybody gets excited about that. Um, but when those highs aren't happening, you know, you need to have a kind of a discipline in place. And that's really what um, fitness and nutrition has been for me is give me a very uh, consistent discipline of training my body, getting those endorphins, which are absolutely magic. So I, I, I wake up early in the morning, I get my workout in, um, you know, I'm feeling great, I'm energized, and I feel way more equipped to handle handle the lows, handle the highs, everything in between. Um, it also helps clear your mind. You know, it, things can go at the speed of light, you know, during the day and you can easily get into reactive mode. I find when I start my day with a workout, I'm much more equipped to be able to navigate through the noise and really focus on what needs to happen. Is this something that needs to happen now? Can it be delegated? Is it not necessary at all? Um, so just having that that clarity of mindset and then those endorphins um, are huge. Um, yeah. In addition, if you're not working out, and I actually hurt myself a few years ago and couldn't work out for a year. And that was um, a big spotlight on the benefits of exercise and not being able to in terms of stress relief. Um, you know, that that brought me down to a low place. So I had to find some other ways to kind of get some energy going and, and be able to bounce back. But but the endorphins and the, the stress relief of exercise is, is super important. Um, and then it's a discipline, right? So if you're being consistent in the gym, it's the same, uh, the same idea for what you need, what you need to do day in, day in and day out, uh, to be successful in sales. So you can't do it one day and expect that you're going to be successful or, you know, you can't go to the gym once, get in shape and then never go again. It's something that you've got to put those reps in and that's where you're going to achieve results consistently. If you're putting them in those reps consistently. Yeah. That we talk a lot about that, of that habitual motion of what does a great day in sales look like every day? What are you doing to make sure, you know, you can't close 
those six, seven, however many figure deals every day, what are you doing to, to make every day great? So that's, yeah, that's fantastic. It is, it is, it does kind of mirror the best way to approach a sales role is just being consistent and dedicating yourself to it. Um, love to talk to you about, you know, this kind of women in leadership group that you're a part of and how much focus you've put on um, that as a part of your career. Um, what has that experience been like working with, you know, other women? It absolutely lights me up. I've had so many women along the way from my very first job at 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 AT&T who really um, mentored me and helped me understand, you know, what's important, what are the things to think about, um, and even get through, you know, a lot of women that that I work with have a lot of, uh, struggle a lot with imposter syndrome or feeling like, oh, because I'm a woman, you know, this isn't fair or that isn't fair. Um, so it's really rewarding to, to help build a foundation that they're going to use for the rest of their life to rise above that imposter syndrome and to not make excuses or or have a mindset of because I'm a woman, this isn't going to be fair or that isn't going to be fair and set that aside and have the mindset of of a go-getter, of, a, of an achiever, of a victor versus a victim. So that's been really helpful. And then also, like some of the women that I'm working with are not in their ideal state job. They're not in their forever home, right? And it's been really helpful for me because you can never connect the dots until, you know, you're, you're further down the road. And what I've been able to share with them is AT&T in that contact center, taking calls as an agent. That certainly wasn't my forever job. But in that role, I learned so many incredible skills that really set the foundation and set the trajectory for my career. So that's been really uh, powerful for me. It lights me up to be able to do what others have done for me um, and then just see the impact that, you know, I'm able to have. So it's that living a life of significance and versus just like a dollar amount of success that that becomes empty at some point. Yeah, I I think that's fantastic. And the way you shape that is almost like, you know, your expectations of maybe you're not in the job that is your dream job or you're not in your forever house right now. But what experience are you getting current in your current situation that's going to help you propel to the next one? So that's that's fantastic that you that you're giving that to these to these women so that you can also help them with, you know, imposter syndrome and things that affect a lot of people, right? It's not just women, but certainly that's a that's a thing that you've uncovered and really helped a lot of people with. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is some of the women, especially if they're they want to go into tech, um, you know, if they're looking at like TikTok videos, again, you're you're looking at a lot of highlight reels. Nobody's posting the day-to-day, the the low lows where you're like, what am I even doing with my life? You know, I, I'm terrible at this. So really giving them the ability to go into something eyes wide open and stressing the importance of setting the foundation of building in disciplines like fitness, looking at your nutrition, um, having a very strong sense of self. Um, one of the things actually that I learned at AT&T, we were forced to, I would say forced to because I hated it at the time, do monthly accomplishments. So we had to write down the accomplishments each month, quantify them, be very specific. And that was basically so that, you know, our manager could later write our, uh, you know, end of year review. But Mm -hmm. that discipline became very important on those days where I felt like 
I'm, I can't do anything right. I'm losing. I've been putting all this work and I'm not seeing any results. Being able to look back at those accomplishments is really important. So starting that discipline is what actually has become a huge part of my life. I mean, I do my accomplishments at the end of every day, at the end of every week, month, quarter, year. Um, and I've got those to reflect back on because I memorialize all that stuff. So I've got, you know, written documentation to train my brain that, you know, I'm killing it, stay at it, don't give up. That's fantastic. I think that's anyone listening can take that away and say, hey, you know, if you're if you're just going on that day to day routine and it might start to feel mundane, take a look back. What have you done? What have you accomplished in the week, in the month, in the quarter? Write that down. I think that's great that 20, 20, however years ago, AT&T is having you do that for their annual reviews and everything. I think that's been, and here you are today. You found value in it and you do it in every role that you've been in. So that's, right. that's, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Why don't you, um, why don't you walk us through, you know, some of the, the more unique things that you've uncovered in sales, kind of your, your approach to, to how you deal with the role, right? We were talking about um, an acronym that you've kind of held on to around um, just uh, kind of the, you know, the various, you know, how you approach deals, how you approach those uh, conversations with people. Why don't, why don't you just talk to us a little bit about um, what you've learned over these years in your career? So I have, um, I've got an acronym. It's RAP, R-A-P. It's for Reflect, Assess, and Plan. So at the end of the day, every single day, weekends, weekdays, every day, I've got time blocked out of my calendar that is, I, I I use that as like a customer meeting. So that time is blocked out and that time might change depending on my schedule, but it, it happens every day. And that's where I'm reflecting on the day and I'm saying, all right, what were three good things that happened today? Um, they could be work related or not. Again, I'm writing that down. I actually use the five minute journal on my phone. So I've got a place to just easily type that in. And again, that's something that I can look back on if I'm having, you know, going through a, a, a struggle time. Um, so what are the three good things that happened? What did I set out to do? What were the three tasks that needed to happen today? Did those happen? And if not, why? Uh, you know, if the train went off the track or if I ended up reacting to things, why did that happen? How can I not let that happen again tomorrow? Um, and then just anything throughout the day that that's notable. So I, I just do, you know, take some time to, to reflect on that. Again, memorialize that, write it down. Then I assess, you know, from today, what do I want to continue doing? What do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to start doing? Um, and then when I get into, so I'm reflecting, I'm assessing on the start, stop, continue. Then I move into the planning for tomorrow. So based on when, you know, what I learned from today, that start, stop, continue, you know, what do I need to accomplish? I do a full brain dump of everything in my head, whether it's tasks, whether it's fears, just to get it all out gives me a, a way better sleep at night. Um, but it also helps me look through and really prioritize so that, you know, when tomorrow comes, I'm ready to go. I know what needs to happen. If things pop up, you know, I can put that on my list, my running brain dump list, or I can say, all right, this needs to happen today. And I can uh, put that in there somewhere. Then I'm looking at my, my meetings. And generally on Sundays is when I'm like looking at my meetings for the week. Who am I meeting with? What's the objective for the meeting? 
what are the questions I need to be asking so that I'm going into that, that meeting very prepared. Like I will not go to a meeting that doesn't have an agenda and or like a clear objective. Um, that is how I protect my time. So if, if those things are not in place, then we're not ready to meet, basically. Um, and I, I hold myself to that same thing. If I'm asking someone to meet with me, I want everybody to be very clear on, on what's the goal of the call and, you know, what are the roles of the call? Um, so yeah. I'm using that when I'm, I'm planning out my day. And then I do time blocking on a daily basis. I used to try to do it during on the weekends, but it's just a little bit too fluid of a <laughs> of a job. Um, but I make sure that every day I've got time for to wrap and I've got time to prospect. Um, and even if it's for 30 minutes at seven o'clock in the morning, that's that's a good example of, you know, we were talking about earlier about the gym. It's easy if you are firing in all cylinders, you're successful, you've got, you know, sales for days, you've got a huge pipeline. Um, same thing with your body. If you've like gotten into like great physical shape, you can't just stop putting in the reps. So setting aside that time to do prospecting is imperative to set yourself up for success in, you know, next year, the year after and so on. I, I love how you, you've got a clear idea of how you protect your time. And that is, hey, if I'm showing up for a meeting for an hour, 30 minutes, whatever it is, need to make sure it's not just someone just entitled the hour, right? You need an objective. You need some agenda items. I think that's great. Do you find right. that your your wrap framework, do you, are you applying that to your daily life as well? Or is that kind of more of a Monday, yeah. Monday to Friday thing around work? And you mentioned Sunday evenings kind of prepping. It, do you feel like that starts to, you know... Uh, kind of um, become part of your regular everyday life as well? Absolutely. It's it's become who part of who I am. And that is what makes it consistent for me. Uh, if I, I think if I was just doing it on the, the weekdays, then the, the same concept applies to how I want to live my life, how I want to show up for my family and my friends um, and my own, you know, personal passions. I want to be like thinking about, um, you mentioned Kobe. You and I had talked about Kobe. Kobe Bryant is like just one of my favorite people of all time. He's got the Mamba mentality and it's all about like constantly bettering yourself. And that can't just be work. You know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you put everything into work, then you lose balance and you'll burn yourself out and run yourself into the ground. So I want to be, I don't want to leave my family with scraps. So we're using that wrap for my seven days a week, personal and professional. Um, that's been huge for me. Yeah, I think that's, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's how we need to, you know, you need to have a mentality that you're really passionate about and you bring up Mamba mentality and Kobe. What, what else about, um, you know, cause we were talking about Kobe quite a bit. I think you had a story that you, you shared with me that I'd love for you to share on the podcast about just why that's that, you know, that Mamba mentality or how Kobe handled um, challenges and things, why you kind of held on to that throughout your career. Yeah, there are, there are so many things about Kobe that just inspire me. But um, one of the stories that, that really resonated with me was he was talking about um, one of the coaches that he worked with. And this was like earlier in his career um, when like it was VHS tapes and there wasn't like highlight reels so much. Um, but this, 
coach made him like wheeled up this cart with a a VCR. <laughs> like I don't even remember what those things are called. A VCR with VHS tapes, and they had to watch the entire game from start to finish, including like before the game even started. So there, there wasn't like commercial breaks or anything in those tapes. It was everything. And he said it was, it was painful. He was used to coaches who would go through like the highlight reel and like look at certain plays and he had to watch the whole thing. Um, but the, the benefit there was that he got context. So as opposed to just looking at a highlight reel, as opposed to just looking at the win, he was looking at all of the context around, you know, why those plays might have happened. You know, why did someone miss something at, at this point of the game? So I thought that was really um, interesting to understand, again, context. Uh, you, you need to have the, that full picture to really understand how to get better, you know, how to not fall into the same pitfalls as last time. Um, and then for me, that's what really started driving that. If you don't measure it, you can't manage it. So one of my managers used to say that all the time, but it, it resonates a lot because when you're in sales, you've got a quota, right? You've got pipeline that you're building, but those things don't happen on a day-to-day -day basis. So you've got to have, have context around what led to that pipeline. What, what am I doing on a day-to-day -day basis? So having measurements around um, your the calls that you're making, you know, any kind of metrics that you can measure on a daily basis. Um, and I use that for even my, like my habits around my health, my fitness, my nutrition. Um, I use an app called Strides. There's tons of habit apps out yeah. there, but anything where I can quantify and I can see the data and I can see, all right, I'm not just like making things up in my head and having creative memories around like, oh, I put in tons of sales, sale, uh, tons of calls last week. I can look and see like the numbers and then start to be able to predict out here's how many calls it takes for me to, you know, get a connection, to get a meeting, to build pipeline. So you've got a predictable model there. And then you can also start to correlate when I'm missing my workout, how is that impacting my performance? Am I not making as many calls um, am I getting down in the dumps a lot easier? So I'm looking at all those things and it's like, I'm a data nerd. I, I'm very data driven, but when you're measuring all those things, you can start to connect the dots and have the context around the importance of, you know, eating, putting good food in your body and not, which, you know, the not doing that results in brain inflammation and all kinds of other things that directly impact your, your job performance. Yeah, I mean, we we love that here at Alicio. I mean, tracking tracking those daily KPIs and what you need to be doing, mm -hmm. and just and 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 knowing what the what your output or really understanding what what you're putting into it, so you can better understand the output, right? The results, what you get from it. So that's right. that's absolutely yeah. We're we're in accordance there for sure. Katie, we we always ask the question on the podcast. Um, what does a great day in sales look like to you? And the reason we asked that, I kind of, I, I kind of um, said some of this in the beginning, but it's not every day that you can have the big deal closed, right? I mean, right. if someone, if someone's closing every day, six, seven, eight figure deals, love to talk to them. But the reality is, is it's those daily things that really help you have a great day. And I'm, I'd love for you to give us your best answer around what a great day in sales looks like to you. Great day in sales starts about four o'clock in the morning. So it's my Mamba morning. I'm waking up. I do a like a tech fast. So I'm not touching anything with a screen on it. Um, for the first hour that I'm awake, I'm spending time 
you know, I've done my rep the night before. So I'm just like reflecting on like what my why is, what are my, my big goals? How do I want to feel? What am I trying to get to outside of just my number at work? Like it has to be bigger than that. So starting out with that, that mental just time to, to feed my mind, reading something inspiring, picking out my mantra for the day, hitting that workout after my workout. You know, the first thing that I do is I try to do with my prospecting right out of the gate and then eat the frog. So whatever the thing that I'm least excited about, just get it out of the way. So it's not taking up my time and bandwidth through the day. Um, so that's generally, a, I try to do all of that stuff before 9am, which is not too hard to do since I'm up at four or yeah. earlier. <laughs> um, and then, you know, during the day, a great day is when I'm fully prepared for my meetings. When I'm, holding myself and the people that I'm meeting with accountable to the objectives and to, you know, deliverables. Um, and then at, again, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm doing really a, a due diligence around the rep, memorializing it and then shutting it up, shutting it down so I can spend time with my family at the, at the end of the day. So I don't know if that is exactly what I, you're looking I, for. That sounds like a great day in sales. Uh, I, I love that you'd, you had alluded to it, but you're getting up at four, try to get all these things done by nine. It's like, you've had a full day before a lot of people have woken up. So, um, yeah. well, that, that makes sense. And then ending the day with your family. I think that that really is. We work, I think all of us in this role and a lot of roles in business, right? You, you work hard so you can, um, uh, you work to live, right? We don't live to work. Um, right. and so you work really hard so that you can get home with your family at the end of the day and, and enjoy, uh, enjoy your life with them. So I appreciate the answer, Katie. Uh, thank you for coming on. We, we appreciate your, your background, your experiences, um, how, what you focused on throughout your career. And I think a lot of people will be able to take something from that. So thanks for joining us today. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. I've been listening to, uh, some of the other shows that you've already done and, uh, it's great. Good. Well, we're, we're, very we're lucky to, to have you as a part of it. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you so much, Justin. Okay, we'll see you. All right, bye-bye. Then do I just... Thanks for listening to the Great Day in Sales podcast. Check us out at podcast.alicio.ai or anywhere you stream podcasts.